Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Victory Church. Today is our service number 152, August 25th, 2019. And we say hello to our viewers and listeners, and we thank you for being here in the house of the Lord. So we are going to worship the name of the Lord, but before we do it, I want to share with you guys a beautiful scripture. So if you look at the screen, you will read it. It's beautiful. Psalm 26 verses 6 through 8. Lord, I wash my hands to make myself pure so I can come to your altar. I sing a song to give you thanks and I'll tell about all the wonderful things you have done. Lord, I love the house where you live, the place where your glory is. Isn't it beautiful? You know, sometimes we think, well, but you know, I, I am so imperfect there are so many flaws in my life really how how can i feel that i am pure when i want to come to to the altar and we know that is by grace correct how many of you know that is by grace Amen. it's not that we do anything we just receive the grace of the lord and then we are forgiven join us in worship father we thank you for this beautiful day we thank you lord for life, we thank you for your grace, and we want to sing to you, Lord, these beautiful songs to worship you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.
haven't gone and seen this movie, Overcomer, you need to. Watching people drive by, T-Mac on the radio Got so much in your mind, nothing's really going right Looking for a ray of hope Whatever it is you may be going through
make it's more than you can take but you're stronger stronger than you know don't you give up now the sun will soon be shining you gotta face the clouds to find the silver become brand new that's what faith can do it doesn't matter what you've heard impossible is not a word it's just a reason for someone not to try everybody's scared to death they decide to take the step out on the water it'll be all right life is so much more than what your eyes are seeing you will find your way if you keep
Father. The healing power of our Lord is among us. And this is a good moment to receive your healing. Whatever is what you need. But I know that someone that is listening is being healed in his left elbow. The Lord showed me that. Somebody was healed in his left elbow. Whoever is this person, just give thanks to the good Lord. Somebody else was hurting in her throat. Big pain in the throat. Very uncomfortable pain. And the Lord is showing me this person is being healed. Whatever is your need, just lift up your hands and say, Father, I'm here. Heal me, Lord. Restore me. Transform me. Do what you need to do in my life, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Father, we worship you. Fill us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. May your Holy Spirit come down powerfully among us, Lord. That our bodies can sense that. The intensity of your presence, Lord. How powerful you are to transform us, Lord, totally, entirely with your spirit. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we worship you today. And we give you glory and honor, Lord. Because every good thing comes from you, Lord. And we adore you. We exalt you today, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your magnificent presence among us. We thank you, Lord, for life. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. You reign forever, Lord. You, Lord, so wonderful, Father. You are the everlasting God. Sing along if you know the song. Lord we worship you Lord we worship you Lord you reign forever Lord what a privilege Lord to be here in your house today singing to you, Lord, loving you, Lord, hugging you, kissing you, Lord. God, we love you, Lord. We love you, God. Thank you, Father, for your love back to us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Your beautiful presence, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. May your peace will be in our hearts, Lord. Your guidance, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. 
of the worship that we do to the Lord and the way that we adore the Lord is through our contributions. So this is the time that we will use for that purpose. So for our viewers and listeners, we invite you to go to the website vchurch.us and look for the tab called Give Online. Also, you can do it through a text message. The number that you text is 432-268-0007. Thank you for the time that you are investing watching this video from Victory Church. We hope that you will enjoy it. Today, we are going to talk about the past for a moment. The title of this message is I Remember. And there are some areas in blanks in, in your bulletins. Uh, for our viewers, we invite you to go to the website, vchurch.us, and look for the tab bulletins and download the bulletin of today, August 25th, 2019, in Victory Church. Are you ready for the message today? Amen. How many of you have still photo albums in your home? What? Photo albums in your home. And probably some of you, like I do, still have some black and white pictures. Well, not all of them are black and white. But, uh, but we have some of those from our two or three generations ago. And, and those are pretty pictures. And we treasure those pictures. And it's nice. But let me ask you this. Isn't it true that sometimes when you see some of those pictures, perhaps in, about your childhood or when you were going to school or, or you see pictures of your ancestors, isn't it true that sometimes you think, I wish I would do something differently? Yeah. I, I wish that I knew that what will happen so I will do something differently. Do, do, you, do you feel that way sometimes? It happens, especially, Lord, you know, when, when we live experiences, experiences that not always are uh, just uh, given experiences. We provoke those experiences like uh, you see in the screen with these two friends. <laughs> How many of you have enjoyed the stories of this, these two guys and, you know, great guys? Fred and Barney, great stories. And, but, you know, sometimes it's Fred hitting Barney, and sometimes it's Barney being vindictive, you know, boom, bam. You know, those, those things, are, it happens because we live that. You know, sometimes we did that. Probably you remember with your kids or when you were a little one doing these kind of things. You know, but uh, being honest, in the Scripture... There are some verses that have to do with the, the law of Moses that are pretty strong. The punishment. I mean, all the Old Testament is filled with wonderful stories, very inspirational stories. But there are some scriptures that when you read, like this one in Deuteronomy 17, 12, you are like, Really? Is what the Lord says really in that scripture? Let, let's read some of these scriptures because this one is, is really powerful. You must punish anyone who refuses to obey the judge or the priest who is there at the time serving the Lord your God. That person must die. Well, that's pretty strong. Not obeying a judge or a priest 
and the punishment is death. You know? Sometimes we don't want to see those scriptures, but it's part of the law of Moses. There are others, and this is something that you might like to hear in Deuteronomy 18.20. It has to do with false prophets. In other words, people that stand up to talk in the name of God, but it's not God talking. It's just them inventing things, and the punishment is the same. That, per, that prophet must also be killed for standing up trying to say things that he says or she says is from God, and it's not. Pretty strong, right? Okay, well, here is where the, this famous law was established. You remember Deuteronomy 19.21. Don't feel sorry about punishing someone who does wrong. If a life is taken, a life must be paid for it. The rule is an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a foot for a foot. The punishment must be equal the crime. Pretty strong, right? We, we saw that before, and we are like, man, those guys were really tough, you know, the decisions. But uh, besides authority and church or priest religious stuff, there are some crimes that they were severe punished, especially when it's about sexual relations. This one, listen, in Deuteronomy 22, 22, if a man is found having sexual relations with another man's wife, both of them must die. Boom. Simple. In 22, 23, it says, a man might meet a virgin girl engaged to another man. He might have sexual relations with her. If this happens in the city, you must bring them both out to the public, place near the gate of the city, and you must kill them with stones. And in verse 24, it says, you must kill the man because he used another man's wife for sexual sin. And you must kill the girl because she was in the city but did not call for help. Pretty strong, right? But listen, in verse 25, gives us another scenario. It says, if a man finds an engaged girl out in the field and forces her to have sexual relations with him, only the man must die. It, I think, makes, makes sense, right? But you see, friends, what I'm saying is when we are thinking about the past, really there are, there are severe punishment for, for certain things, especially with the law of Moses. In 24-7, it talks about kidnappers. And it says kidnappers must, must be killed as well. Period. You know, strong, strong scriptures. So we kind of understand the feeling here, like in this graphic, where the boss is kicking out, Fred, out of here, you know, because it's kind of the feeling, you know, you are out, you are gone. We don't want to have anything to do with you. The Old Testament is pretty strong about that. So then is when we ask the question, does the Lord God love us? <laughs> so why is it then that we, we read these kind of passages? How is it possible and uh, you know what? The prophet Ezekiel tells us something very, very nice about it in chapter 18, verse 23. He says, the Lord God says, I don't want evil people to die. I want them to what? Change their hearts so they can live. Here is where in the timeline from Genesis now going through Ezekiel, we start to see another facet or aspect of God's heart. 
And naturally, as you know, with the Lord Jesus, the new season of grace comes. And in chapter 5, verse 38 and 39, it says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, don't fight back against someone who wants to do harm to you. If they hit you on the right cheek, let, let, him, let them hit the other cheek too. If anyone wants to sue you in court and take your shirt, let, let them have your coat too. So he's coming with a new idea, a new proposition, right? But here's where we all wonder, okay, wait, 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 I, I get it. But what is, what is this deal? So we have just to let it go? Or do we have to have a balance between the law and grace? Now, whatever kind of situations you have lived as a victim, you might think, I'm not sure if it's the right thing just to forgive. I don't know what is your view about those things. But the truth is, there are certain actions in our communities where we don't need to guess what to do. The law itself talks about it. In fact, as citizens of this beautiful country, we rely and are accountable to the federal law. And yes, indeed, there is a federal law about death penalty. It's, a, it's actually the act of 1994. If you want to find out more about it, you can go to the website of the Department of Justice, justice.gov. But just so you know, it's also known as the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act, effective on September 13, 1994. In this law, the Congress established constitutional procedures for imposition of the death penalty for 60 offenses, which fall into three broad categories. The first one is homicide offenses. The second one, where you should be concerned, espionage and treason. And the third one, non-homicidal narcotics offenses, drug-related killings, and political assassinations. So when we are thinking of what people do, and we are, as Christians, thinking, what is the balance between the law and the grace? You don't need to be worried about certain things, because the law itself has control of it. In fact, here in Texas, there is a place in Huntsville, which is one of those execution units. And the video that you are about to watch for two minutes is the interview of two individuals that were actually executed. Do you think you deserve the death penalty? No, I don't, though, actually. However, I think that if Jeremiah Miller's family really thinks I killed him, they should have the opportunity to kill me. You know what I mean? And... Um, so I guess maybe I do believe to some extent in an eye for eye. I mean, I know how I would respond if somebody killed somebody I loved, and I was sure they did it. What do you hope for your son? What do you hope for your grandkids? They are more successful in finding happiness and some degree of satisfaction and gratification in a life within the parameters, you know what I'm saying? My inability to do that clearly is a sizable portion for me being here. Mm. And I, I, I just hope they're able to do that, you know Mm -hmm. And I understand drugs made me be the person that was that night, I guess, you know, because I've never been too much of a violent person when I'm sober, you know. And do you have any regrets? Yes, I do. Yes. Uh, if I could take things back, I would. 
I had the opportunities, the opportunities were there. I just took them for granted. They were, you know what I'm saying? I mean, and that's that's something I regret to that. Do you have anything to say to the victim's family? I remember the, the father of the victim saying that uh, he's happy it happened this way because meaning that he would have, he was looking for me. So he would have caught me first before the law. He would have took care of me in the same way. So the way I see it is like he wanted revenge. And I understand him because I used to feel the same way somebody does to, something to my family. I would like, I mean, I would have taken care of me. What would you tell your 23-year-old self? My 23-year-old self? Uh, I look back now, you know, and uh, I think, like, I can't believe I did that, you know. This is going to happen. You don't straighten out, you know. You educate yourself because that's the best way to defend yourself, educating yourself, you know. This has been a good experience to me. And uh, if my day goes through, I'm ready and I accept it. See it as an example that one, there's consequences to pay, and it's easy to get in trouble, but hard to get out of. It's not ever too late. It's never too late to do it right. The home hate, just stay at peace, and it's the best way to live. This is a picture of the unit Alan B. Polonsky, where people are in death row waiting. And of course, there are units like this for, for ladies too. If you are interested in finding more about the laws in Texas, you can go to the website tdcj.texas.gov that talks about the death penalty here in this, this state of Texas. And it's all under the pursuant code section 1903. Do you know that uh, there are statistics about uh, executions here in the state? In fact, if you see this graph, by counties. From 1974, you see that there is uh, one here, when you see the row, the, the arrow, the Hector County, actually is between five and 10 death sentences since 1974 to today. TCADP updated that thing later in 2013, and there you notice we don't have any more here in Hector County just in other counties. It's the reality of life. There is an organization called the Pew Research Center, which in 2018 did a survey in the whole country, and they established that the public, actually 54% of the people in the United States are in, in favor of that penalty. Now, when you analyze that by gender, you will notice that men are a little bit more strict than women, 51 compared to 46. Ladies, when it's about races, there is a difference also by races, and you can see the same thing when it's about age. The point that we know is that actually life not always look great. We believers want to be optimistic and happy and hopeful, but the reality shows us sometimes, guys, that there are situations in the community where we live and the people that do life with, uh, do business with, that eventually things can happen and they can go bad for them. And then is when we experience pain and sorrow. All of us know what is to, to cry. There is no one person with a perfect life. All of us have sad stories. All families have sad stories. Sometimes we think, my story is so sad. Yes, 
It is sad. But don't you think that that is unique? Because all of us suffer and we cry. And we want, we want a solution for our problems, correct? We want to see some hope. But uh, the truth is, when it's about all those problems that are in the community or in our lives, in what degree do you think we have participated and are responsible for it? Are we responsible somehow for the problems that we have lived? When we have, pray, when we have paid that huge price of losing our job, for example, have you lived that? That one day somebody called you and you lost your job? You lost the contract? That income that was so steady suddenly disappears, and you're like, oh my gosh. There is a high price to pay when you lose your job. What about health? A little insignificant movement that brought an accident that created a huge damage in your health. And now the person have a permanent problem in his or her body because something happened. Or what about losing a car or a house? You know, it's horrible when you see that happening, especially through repo. <laughs> it's horrible. I mean, people are like, what am I going to do now? How can I go now to work? I lost my vehicle. I lost my house. I don't have anywhere else to go now. What do I do? And what about losing our spouse? Losing people that we love, parents or children. Is the reality of life. How do we face the reality of life and at the same time keep hopeful and keep optimistic? How do, do we face those things? You, we saw these two guys. What we saw in the interview was regrets and sorrow. But not all of them, guys. There are some interviews that I didn't want to show to you. The person did not have any remorse at all. They were, I'm okay with that, just like that. Let me ask you a couple of personal questions here. Do you feel that, are you in any risk of, of losing someone right now? or something right now? Or is it possible that someone is going to lose you for some things that are happening in your life? And when, when, when that happens, we ask the question, but, but why? Why would I lose my whatever? Or why this person or this company will lose me. Why is that? The answer always is it's abuse. Simply it's abuse. And abuse has to do with two angles, correct? The abuse that we commit to others, we abuse people sometimes, and other times it's just people abusing us. And you need to think about it. Whatever you are, you need to think, how can I have a balanced life? 
because I really want to have fun in my life. I want to enjoy my life. I want to, to really be happy and enjoy the blessings of God. But, but there are tremendous challenges around us and injustices. So how do we do that? Look what the Lord Jesus says in chapter 7 of the Gospel of Matthew, verse 12. This particular scripture tells us something that among Christianity is known as the golden rule. Have you heard about it? The golden rule. It says, do for others what you will want them to do for you. This is the meaning of the law of Moses and the teaching of the prophets. Basically, it's inspiring us to, to be fair and be considerate. And that is what we all need to do, my friends. We all need to be very considerate with people. In fact, the issue is not having a balance between law and grace. You know what is the main challenge? Is to have a balance between respect and grace. Respect and grace. Now, where do we start? We start by us showing respect to people. We need to be very respectful to people, especially the way that we talk to them, the way that we treat them. And sometimes we abuse people by the way that we talk to them. And I understand sometimes we are teasing with some friends or whatever. But sometimes it's not a joke. Sometimes it's revealing what, what is inside of us. This desire probably just to put people down or make them feel uncomfortable. Basically, we are disrespecting people. That, that's not right. Among us believers, respect should be a sign of every one of us everywhere we go. When we are doing business with people, when we are shopping, when we are in a restaurant, when we are even driving, showing respect and consideration to others. And let me tell you this, you show respect, you will receive respect. Because that is the problem with most people. Most people are thinking, I want them to respect me. And that's why they present themselves in that way. What they don't see is that respect is just something that will come to you when you show respect to others. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And you know what? With grace, it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. We need to learn to impart grace and be very graceful with everybody. When people are late for your appointments, when people don't do exactly as they told you they would, and they fail in whatever degree, you need to be graceful. And very forgiving. Because sooner or later, you are going to need that mercy. There is no way that you will do everything perfect. You won't. You will fail. You will need mercy. You will need grace. Especially in the workplace. Friends watching and listening. I encourage you to be very graceful in your workplace. Don't be too hard on the employees that are failing. You are a supervisor or maybe you are a business owner. Be considerate. 
Because it's just going to be a matter of time. If you are too hard on your employees, if you are too hard with those that you do business with, because you think that you are paying and that gives you the right to treat them the way that you want, when you are too hard on people, that is your seed, my friend. And you will get a harvest of that kind. You don't want that in your life. So I'm encouraging you today to be graceful with people. And that doesn't mean that you are going just to let everything happen, you know, just tolerate disrespect and disorder. No, I'm not saying that. But just to, to keep that balance between respect and grace is where we need to be. The Lord Jesus told us uh, something so beautiful. You know the story. This woman was caught in the act of adultery. The story is revealed in the chapter 8 of the Gospel of John. And I just put here on the screen the verses from the verses 7 through 11 that tells us what the Lord Jesus did and how he handled the situation. But you know the, 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 the general context. The people that were against the Lord Jesus somehow made this plan to catch this woman in adultery. And of course, she didn't do that by herself. <laughs> However, they only brought the woman. How can you explain that? Where is the guy? Who knows? Who knows? But they just brought the woman. You know, sometimes when you see those contexts with people trying to make justice, it is so funny how they will make justice to the weak one, the lady, the woman. What about the guy? No, that's, forget about it. Ah, really? How come is that? But this is the truth. They brought the woman, and you know what happened here? The Lord Jesus heard the accusations, and he started writing on the ground. We don't know what he wrote, but we all think that he was writing the commandments. So it says, the older men left first, and then the others. How that happened? Why the, the older men left first? Well, naturally, the older you are, more sins you have committed. <laughs> the younger you are, less sins you have committed because of time and age, naturally. So these older guys, they have a long list of all their wrongdoings. And when the Lord Jesus is writing the commandments, oops, first one, gone. Second one, gone. Eventually, all of them are gone. So... He looked up again and said to her, where did they all go? Did no one judge you guilty? She answered, but no one, sir. Then Jesus said, I don't judge you either. You can go now, but don't sin again. Th that reveals you right there what's the heart of our Lord. It's the heart of, of our merciful Father who wants us just to do what is right. But you know, friends, for over 30-something years that I have been in church, I became a believer in July 29th, 1987 at 7 p.m. 
a pastor spoke to me directly one-on-one, and the Lord revealed to me that I needed to change. Ever since, I have seen many things in church. Later, I went to the Bible Institute, and then the seminary, and then the university, got my degrees, and became a minister later. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about as a person, what I have seen among people. I have seen basically two kind of people. Those that when they got caught, because all of us get caught one way or other, right? We all make a mistake and eventually, boom, there is the consequence. The two people that I have seen are, the number one is this person, when he's confronted with the truth, says, you know what? You're right. That is just wrong. I, I have to do something about it. And I have to apologize, and, and I need to find ways to fix this thing. That is one kind of person that I have seen. They have been individuals from different ages. I have seen that from 12 years old kids through 90-something year old people. I have seen them among all races, both women and men, with education, without education, with money and without money. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do entirely with their hearts. It's that particular thing called humility that those individuals have that when, whenever the conversation happened and I spoke with them, I noticed there was repentance shown. And they just acknowledged that and they said, you know, that, that was just wrong. I, I got to change. I need just to be different. But I told you that I have seen two kind of people because I have seen the other kind of people, which is the, the same thing, regardless of age, gender, etc. It's, it's a hard issue. It's the person that knows that what, do, what that person did was wrong, but doesn't admit it. For some reason, this person tries to avoid the confrontation, and if he's confronted, eventually just finds ways just to justify whatever that person did, and eventually says, well, so what? So what? One kind of person is the person that repents. The other person is the person that doesn't repent. One kind of person is humble. The other kind of person is not humble. So if, if you allow me, if you permit me to ask you the question, what kind of person are you? Are you the kind of person that is humble and admits that what you have done is wrong? Or you are the kind of person that doesn't admit that and you just think, no, you know it's wrong, but you just keep on going. Somehow you want to make it work. It's important that we think about it, guys, because what, what we 
are going to face in the future, it has to do entirely with the grace of God. Here in the screen, you see water coming down to, the, to those hands, to that hand, or those hands, both hands, I think. Yeah. Representing the grace of God. You know, the purity of God and his forgiveness just coming down to us. It's just like that. And all that we have to do is just to receive that mercy. That's why becoming humble and showing humility is so important. I said to my wife last night, I don't care what kind of restaurant I go to eat, really. I don't care in which car are we going to that particular restaurant. I don't care how we are dressed. And I don't care how the others coming with us are dressed. I don't care how fancy the place is or how simple the place is. That doesn't make any difference to me. But what I want, I told Tracy, what I want is to hang out with people that are humble. That is my kind of people. I want to do my life with you guys, humble people. Because I want to continue receiving this, this grace, this water from God, his forgiveness. We all make mistakes. We all sin. That's not the issue. The issue is how do we manage the reality of our sin, the reality of our mistakes. And if for any reason you are near a point of losing somebody, don't lose that person. Don't lose that person. Don't lose that job. Don't lose that contract. Be humble. Admit and say, you know what? Uh, I'm sorry. Let's try to make this work. According with your possibilities, try to get issues resolved. Sometimes we can't. Somebody said one day that you cannot unscramble the scrambled eggs. <laughs> Correct? But also sometimes we have to go through other experiences in life and see ourselves with a little bit of humor. Because if you see yourself too seriously, you're not going to enjoy life. So, what do you think about this?
revenge, revenge. <laughs> but then I remember what the Lord says in Matthew 7, 12. He says, do for others what you will want them to do for you. This is the meaning of the law of Moses and the teaching of the prophets. Yes, friends. We all need to change. We all have the opportunity here in the church. But today I'm talking to you, my dear viewer. Perhaps it's time for you to give your life to the good Lord. What if you go ahead and take a step of faith and say a prayer? And pray with me, asking God for, for a new opportunity in your life. I promise you, you will not regret that. You will be happy. The prayer is in the screen. If you want to read it with me, say with me. Dear God, I am sorry for I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am so sorry, Lord. I want to be humble. I need to be humble. Lord, please help me to change. I don't have the strength to change myself. I know that I am weak to change what you are expecting me to change. I surrender to you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Please be my God. Please be my rock. Please be my tower of strength. Then lead me to change to become the kind of person that you want me to be. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If you say a prayer like this and you give your heart to the good Lord, I promise you that the cross, the blood, death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus gives you eternal life. So you will be able to say with us here in the church, I am forgiven and saved by faith in Jesus. My life is going to be great and blessed this year, 2019. There you go. Friends, you have a beautiful day. You are blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a beautiful week and enjoy your family and friends. See you next time. Anytime a heart turns from darkness to light, anytime temptation comes and someone stands to fight, anytime somebody lives to serve and not be served, I know, I know, I know, I know. We appreciate so much your time invested with Victory Church in Odessa, Texas.